0: This is one From sex sports to culture, all topics considered. It's a good time with dope conversation. Every time you take a listen, it's a celebration. So tap in, you won't be disappointed. But keep it above. Anything else is pointless. Facts over fluff, our discussions are pointed. Politically incorrect, well, that's what the point is. We talk our talk like nobody else can. Give our perspective, not afraid to make a stand. Nothing off the record, every take and every rant is unapologetic, and we stand on that. We make you think, we make you laugh out loud. The realest place on the internet, hands down. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. Yes, you can bet the house. We give it to you straight, nothing here is watered down. The best show in town, and you can bet the house. I just had to say this. Um, being a man whose expectations of himself is higher, than any amount of expectation the world can put on me has its pros and cons. I never wanted to be perfect because I knew it was a myth. I knew it didn't exist. I knew that I could never be perfect in every way. Even after reading the Bible and even after growing up in a church going home I knew that it was no such thing as being perfect as a man I've made mistakes as a teenager I made mistakes as a child I made mistakes as an adult I've made mistakes as a son as a father as a boyfriend as a baby daddy as a husband as just an all-around man I have made my share of mistakes and the reason that we we make mistakes is because we learn from them we learn we learn as men that there's no such thing as 365 perfect days okay there's no such thing as 365 perfect days there's no, there's no such thing, no matter how you pretend, there's no such thing as 365 perfect days. There's no such thing as 24 perfect hours. There's no such thing as that. As a man, I have been in a lot of situations where I felt like if I could go back and change it, I would. Life has really hit me upside the head in 34 years of living. Life has hit me upside the head so much that I get immune to it. It's like I'm used to it. There's an old saying nobody cares, work harder. That was my, my thing in those days. Nobody cares about your problems. Nobody cares what you go through. Nobody gives a fuck if you broke, if you hungry, if you starving. Nobody cares when you're doing bad. But when you're up, when you're winning, that's when everybody comes around and they want to be cool. They don't care about your problems. They don't care about your mishaps. They don't care about nothing that you do because it's not them. I'm at a point in my life where if I don't get up and do something, I have to adjust and adapt. I have to function. I have to go hard in the paint 24 fucking seven days out the week, 24 hours a day, because nobody else is gonna go as hard as you, than you. I lost a lot. I done watched some of my closest childhood friends not make it to see a certain age. I done lost family. I got plenty of family that don't talk to me, you know, unless they want something. Plenty of friends who I thought was friends that don't talk to me unless they want something. I got people that's in jail. Got people that never made it out of jail. They are institution, institutionalized in their mind forever. I've lost friends to the gun violence. I've lost a brother to gun violence. At six years old, hell, I didn't know nothing about gun violence. I didn't know nothing. I just thought I was a dude. You know, I used to think that... Um. Pow Pow was only in the movies. Six years old, I got a real nasty reality check into that Pow Pow wasn't just in the movies and it was real life. That was a rough day. I was six years old, I'm 34 now. And it it sucked didn't feel good, didn't, and it still don't. It don't get fresh, it don't get, It it never gets old because I always play that moment in my head over and over again, it never gets old. I had trauma growing up, you know, shit going on with my pops, everything, Never went the right way. I always felt like I always felt like honestly, he could have did more. but if that's how he was raised to love and and taught to love, then how can I tell him what he could do if that's all he knew? I always get mad and think about life because I missed out on so many good opportunities because of my screw-ups. Like I could hoop, I used to be a hooper, but I never had an opportunity to do the things that the other kids did because of my behavior, because of my lack of staying in school. I could never stay in school. I stayed with good grades. I could never stay in school long enough to do the sports, to do the, the, the things that normal kids did. Now my days consisted of going to church, work, I mean, church, working with my dad, and then home, school. I didn't have a normal life. You know, I look back and full of regrets, like, damn, I did not have a normal fucking life. You know, and um, I think it was so problematic. They said, why are we the way that we are? I'm the way that I am because of how I came up. I'm sure I messed up a lot of good relationships, caused a lot of drama, a lot of trauma that I look back and regret like, you know, I was never the best dude in the world as far as relationships went. I don't know, I felt like I didn't have to be. I didn't see long-term in these relationships. I did not see long-term, I didn't. I did not see long-term. So I was having these relationships and I was just having them just so I wouldn't be alone, just so I wasn't bored, just so I didn't miss out on the finer things in the relationships and things like that. And that's why I got all these kids. That's why I got all these kids and I love them truly. I love all my kids. Um, I love my kids' mothers because they gave me my kids. Not so much as what they did for me because a lot of that stuff is a blur. You know what I'm saying? When you out here making babies and kids, my my, son, my oldest son is 14, you know? So, you know, it's a blur. My experience with his mother was a blur because it happened 14 years ago. Uh, I got two 10-year-olds. It's a blur. And no, 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 this is no disrespect to them. This is me saying I can't recall any good that I've done other than make a baby with them because I didn't I didn't know the the ins and outs. I thought relationships were I love you, you love me, let's make it work. Let's build together. No, that ain't how that worked. life has a funny way of hitting you and when it hits you you have to grab and levitate in that moment otherwise it gets snatched away from you and my life consisted of making babies making money and getting into trouble i never wanted to have that i never want that to be on my tombstone Smash was a baby maker. He was a money maker. And he stayed in trouble. No, I didn't want that. I just feel like my 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 story has has yet to be fully written. It's just in rough draft mode right now. You know when you start doing things early, when you get in get into doing dumb shit at an early age, when you get into sex at an early age, when you get into life at an early age, nothing really matters, nothing really bothers you. I did a lot of fucked up shit. I used to lie, I used to steal, I used to disrespect my elders. I, I didn't care who you were you know, I built myself up to knowing that because of everything that went on with my pops and how he treated me. My pops, we didn't run around telling each other that we love each other. My pops didn't, my pops wasn't a "I love you kind of guy. He led by example. There were things he did to show me that he loved me, but rare and few in between did I hear those words come from him. And again, if that's how he's taught to love and to, to, to live life, how can I be mad at him for that? I think that's why I was so cold when it came to relationships. Like, man, I was a demon. I was a demon, and I feel so bad about a lot of things that I've done in my life. And it's probably why a lot of my drama and trauma is happening now i was i was so disrespectful to the women that uh they gave me kids i was so disrespectful and it hurts to this day even though it was a blur you still never forget the bad shit still never forget that type of stuff like again i didn't grow up in the household with the perfect family that sat around and did holidays and christmases and all that type of stuff together now my family didn't do that we getting better at it now but my earlier years they didn't do that you know i got a bunch of people that i came up in these streets with That we we stayed into you know we stayed into trouble with and You know there's brotherhood right there you know i didn't get along always with my siblings so i had the streets i just am now starting to have the relationship with my brother my brother is two years older than me my only uh my blood brother I got stepbrothers and brothers and all that all over Yeah, but this was my only blood brother and I am just not now having the relationship that I wanted to have with him all my life right now. It ain't too many times I heard this dude tell me he proud of me. So when I hear it now, it's it's a different, it's a different feeling. You know what I'm saying? It's a different, it's a different atmosphere. I love my brother. I love my sisters. You know, I'm sorry that I gave them such a hard time, but I think, I think it's called growth and elevation. My mom, (laughs) that lady has been with me through the ups and through the downs, you know. Anytime I got in trouble, call mama. She'll take care of it. (laughs) Anytime I got locked up, call mama. She'll take care of it. Anytime I couldn't pay my bills or something, call mama. She'll take care of it. You know, anytime I got into it with these women out here, mama. Mama would take care of it. That That was the biggest thing. Mama would take care of it when pops wasn't around mama did all she could for us mama also knew she couldn't raise us and make us men but she did the best she could and to this day there's nothing that I wouldn't do for this lady period we go through trauma we go through pain we go through our indiscretions and we don't know how to deal with them we don't know how to adapt to them because we're scared of failure that was me i was definitely scared of failure so i wasn't gonna fail for nothing or nobody i was never going to fail i had to survive and scrape for everything that i had when other kids was growing up wearing the jordans and stuff man i was wearing Air Force Ones and shit like that, I had to be different. I had to, it was in my nature to be different. I wanted to be my own person. Yeah, I was in the clique. Yeah, we were a good tight clique, but I always stood out on my own too. I always say this cause I never really get into this but I feel like I had to say this. I learned no fear. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, I learned to not fear things I could not control. There was this one dude. There's this one dude. And I mentioned this dude because this dude. He was different, he was different. And uh, this dude taught me the, the value of not having fear. In some ways he taught me a different thing about not having fear. He didn't teach me about having, not having fear but he taught me different ways of not having fear, if I can say that. This dude used to fight me every single day. I remember the first time I fought this dude. And we fought, (laughs) we fought. And that was the first time. I didn't wanna fight him, but at the time he was fighting my boy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't wanna fight him. And you know, my boy, he wasn't no fighter. He wasn't no fighter, he was a lover boy. So why you wanna pick on the lover boy? that's what i said to him and me and him ended up fighting and i would like to think that i won that fight because every time this dude felt like it me and him would fight and i ain't even gonna flex some of them fights i lost because a lot of them times i didn't have it in me like this dude had a motor he wanted to fight that was what he lived for You know, he had this thing in his heart that he was going to be the toughest and the strongest no matter what. And to me, that's the kind of dude I would fight with any day of the week. You know what I'm saying? I would fight with that dude any day of the week because that dude had heart. Even though we fought a lot, we did a lot together, me and him. We did a lot. Um He always was there, you know. When I got into it with other motherfuckers at school and shit, he was there, you know. When he got into it, I was there. So um, he got his life took over some dumb shit. My man, Heat, he got his life took over some dumb ass shit that I think a lot of people still don't fully understand why. But. He taught me with all them fights every single day that this is the the energy that you have to absorb in life. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even when you're losing, don't quit. Don't give up. Just keep going. I'm going to keep going until I get you. That was his mentality. That was his mind frame. I'm going to keep going until I get you. And that rubbed off on me and a lot of us. Because we was going to keep going till we got you. That was our thing. We were relentless. We had a different structure about us. I like to think that when he left, it took the whole lot of the click. It took the heart out of the click because a lot of us don't hang out with each other no more. I mean, we talk every now and then, you know, shit like that. But it ain't the same. That feeling ain't the same no more, you know? And uh, everybody's moved. Everybody's grew up. Some of us got married. Some of us had a lot, a lot of kids. Some of us grew. We all grew. We all became something that we didn't see possible. You know, we all thought that we was going to run the streets forever. And then when people started moving away, we didn't think that was possible. We didn't think it was possible for us to split up. We thought we was always gonna be around each other forever. And people moved away, people grew up, People people matured. I never got to tell none of them dudes. I never got to tell none of them dudes, thank you. Because if I tell you how much trouble these dudes got into because of me. I felt like I was big man on campus. You know, because I had a crew of hungry ass hitters behind me. So I felt like I was big man on campus. I felt like I could get away with and do anything. Because if you fucked with me, you knew what the outcome was going to be. We was coming back 20, 30 deep. And we was coming to holler at you. We wasn't coming to talk and debate. We was coming to holler at you. Yeah. Then we all grew up. I started having kids, man. And then once you start having kids, you grow up. You evolve. You don't want to be out there doing, doing dumb shit. You don't want to put your kids' uh, liberty uh at at risk or anything like that you know I've seen some of my homies from this same clique go to jail some of them get shot some of them you know make make better effort you know I remember going to see every last one of them every time one of them got shot or got in some trouble I remember being there you know what I'm saying I remember making my way to them because Again, these were my dogs. I thank God I was never put in that position. I was never I was never put in a hospital bed for being shot or or robbed or stabbed or anything like that and I should have been. I always feel like I should have been because of the things that we were out here doing. I always felt like It was going to be me. I was scared, man. I was scared. I was an ultimate hustler, though. I would do anything to survive, anything to feed my kids. Y'all wouldn't believe it, man. Eight years of my life, I did not have a job. I did not have a job. I was out here selling DVDs and CDs for a living. And I will tell you this. I made I marked my my territory with that. That was my calling card. I was able to go to anybody' neighborhood. It didn't matter. Southside, Westside, Eastside, Waukegan, Zion, anywhere. The Wild Hunts, wherever. I was able to go wherever I wanted to. Cause I had CDs and DVDs. I had customers everywhere. I was shipping orders off. Me and my man J Mo. Shout out to J Mo, man. J Mo put me on to the game for doing that. Shout out to my man Vic. They put me on to the norm getting a better business mind. You know, at first I was just selling CDs just to sell them. But now these motherfuckers had put it in me that this is a business this is how you make your money i'm gonna tell you i was cold i was super fucking cold ask anybody about big smash on the cd and dvd game they'll tell you that motherfucker was cold he had it down to a science he had a uh a, a, a display book and everything you knew what the movie was about what was on the cd who was in it smash had it on lock man like <coughs> I was cold. I was super cold. you know, I went eight years, eight years without a job. I was living in my own apartment. I was taking care of my kids, bills and shit was paid. Oh, I was living a life, man. you couldn't tell me shit you couldn't tell- you couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I was that dude, and then I had an epiphany hit me. If you die right now, what you what your kids going to have? If you die right now, what are your kids going to have? What are you leaving to your kids? A bunch of CDs and DVDs? Is that what you leaving them? Cuz that's what that's all they going to have. You ain't got life insurance, you ain't got uh, no money put up in the safe. You ain't got no bank accounts for them. What are you going to leave them if you was to leave this earth? I decided, um, honestly, after what happened to Heath, I decided Chicago was not a place I wanted to be in. I mean, think about it. I lost my brother there, I lost a couple of homies there, but that one hit close to home, other than my brother as an adult, that hit close to the home because that was somebody from our camp, I felt like I had to get out of there. You know, and my brother fell out, I was living in one of his apartment buildings, we fell out, and it just felt like, man, it was time for me to go, It's time for me to do something different. You know, me and my kid's mother, we tried, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't nothing in Chicago for me. I had to get away. And I did. I went up to Minnesota. I scouted for a job. I scouted for a place to stay. And once I secured both, I was out of there. I was gone. I wasn't, it wasn't left nothing else for us to talk about i was out of there and we made it and i've been back to chicago since then but i always want to stay gone because i feel like there ain't really nothing there for me there's no growth there for me i felt like i couldn't elevate there i felt like i couldn't move i couldn't grow up i couldn't evolve I couldn't advance. I felt like I wasn't going to never be a perfect dude or even know what being perfect was about if I stayed in that hell hole. And it wasn't that I was scared or nothing. I mean, of course I'm scared. That don't make me a pussy to admit that I'm scared of a motherfucker running up on me and taking my life and I don't even know where it's coming from. Yeah, that don't make me a pussy. I was scared of getting all these phone calls about my homies. I was scared of watching news articles of babies dying and kids dying and the innocents dying, that I was scared. Like, yo, I got to do something different. I have to. It's the only means of survival. I have to. I have to do something different before I am on a picture of a obituary. I got away because I wanted to live. I got away because I wanted to be smart. I got away because I wanted to evolve because I wanted people to understand and believe what exactly it was I was going through. I was fighting depression my whole entire life just about. At 12 years old, I contemplated suicide. I left school one day and ran in front of Traffic they put me in the uh mental mental place in the hospital because they wanted to know why I was smash going through all this, why was he trying to take it on, why was he trying to end his own life, and I tell you why. I didn't want to live. I didn't feel worthy of living. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't feel like anybody understood me. My mom threw me off to my dad. my dad got married and didn't give a fuck about me. His wife definitely didn't give a fuck about me. I was the 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 ignorant stepchild that she got stuck with because she married my dad. Schools didn't understand me. I was fighting people every day for no reason. We was jumping on people every day. Uh, my life was a mess. I was the only kid here. My brothers and sisters had already went back to Chicago. With OG. OG didn't want to take me back because I still wasn't learning my lesson. And she didn't have time to come off her route every single day and sit in class with me. So, yeah, 12 years old, I was ready. Felt like this shit. Had had lost its purpose. I didn't want to be here. You know, I still wake up some days and be like, what if I had done it at 12? I'd have never enjoyed my kids. I'd have never enjoyed my lady. I'd have never enjoyed this podcast stuff. I would have never enjoyed anything that I've enjoyed. It was scary. It was scary. It was scary as hell. I remember the first time somebody pulled a gun on me. Hanging with that same crew. And this old head. He uh to me, I felt like he was a he was a goofy. You you 40 years old trying to impress some 16, 17 year olds. You know, I felt like he was a goofy. We started off cool. Don't get it twisted. We was cool at first. But then he started doing fuck shit. You know, trying to holler at the girls that I bring around and shit, trying to stun in front on me in front of those girls. All type of shit. He started doing goofy fuck shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you ain't that guy. And we would fight. And then one day he pulls a gun out on me. He pulls a gun out on me in broad daylight. Now, I'm shook. I'm scared for my fucking life because my, hom- my homies and shit here. Now, now, we 16, 17. We was beating niggas' asses. We wasn't pulling out no guns. But don't get it twisted. We had access to guns, but we wasn't pulling out no guns. We was beating niggas' asses. And he pulled that gun on me, and I told him. He was telling people he just wanted to scare me. Now, I don't play those games. I remember getting my access, getting access to my first gun. And I walked up to him when I got a hold of it. I walked up to him and I pulled it out. My man's, I I ain't going to say who I got it from, but I got it from him and I pulled it out. And I told him, I said, do I look scared now? Do I look scared now? And then a couple of the old heads on the block came and talked the situation down, cause I was about ready to pull the trigger. And I here I am at sixteen, my life about to be over with once I pull this trigger. Those were my thoughts. Like once you pull this trigger, your life is over with, Jack. I didn't pull the trigger, but me and him would end up fighting few days later we would end up fighting and I ended up beating his ass and I think I earned his respect that day because he didn't think that a little nigga was gonna have the heart to stand there and be with a gun in his face and not run or stand there and not fight him when he approached him for a fight so I think I earned his respect that day I ain't seen Buddy since, but it is what it is. I think that's when I became in my mind I was different. I felt like I was something different. I was a changed man. I was something different. It was something inside of me that, that cracked once that shit, because I saw that gun in my face, and I saw my light flash before my eyes, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's something different now. Nah, I don't give a fuck, but at the same time, once I started having kids, I did start giving a fuck again. I started choosing where I went, who I was around, what I was doing. I wasn't going to house parties and all that no more because niggas was shooting that shit up. Niggas was shooting house parties up. There's another moment that I knew I had to get out of Chicago. That was a that was a local uh square seller older guy he was in a wheelchair a motorized wheelchair, but he was one of my favorite customers man He would buy movies from me and gone on head on to go get with his lady and gone about his business and I remember I was over here on sixty six and Halstead at the family dollar I was killing shit and I remember he had just brought five DVDs from me. He's like, man, I'm finna get ready to go in the crib. I'm finna go find my lady. Oh, man, it's lit. He got around the corner. He was heading towards the crib. It was a whole bunch of little niggas outside playing at the fire hydrant. Some cats came up out the alley. Started shooting. All you heard was pop pop. Whole bunch of shots. Kids running. Kids screaming. He got hit. Bullets knocked him out of his wheelchair. I don't know if he was trying to run he was trying to speed up bullets knocked him out his wheelchair i hear the shots i see him on the ground all i could say is it's gonna be cool og it's gonna be all right two other people got hit that day over some senseless ass shit. he died the other two survived but he died And you know how watching a customer die, it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. I lost a lot of customers, but never to gun violence like at that time. So yeah, that uh that hurt. I just wanted to be a better person for the family. I wanted to be a better person for the team. I wanted to be a better person to understand where I was coming from and what I've been through. So when somebody asks you why are you the way that you are, why do you hustle and maintain that mentality that nobody else has? It's because I want to live, I want to survive, and I want to do what's best for me. And nobody's going to get in the way of that. I had to adjust. I had to adapt. I had to grow. I had to be. I had to be different for me, for my children, for them to understand that um, I wanted to evolve and I wanted to be a better person. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to fail anybody around me. Y'all understand how hard failing is? It's tough failing. It's tough feeling like you're nothing to nobody. It's tough putting in all the hard work, all the stuff that you're doing, and you still feel like you ain't shit. You can give everybody the shirt off your back. You can do 100 favors, and the first time you can't do 101, you ain't shit. You get tired of being told you ain't shit every single day of the fucking week, but yet and still, you still break your back for the ones that you love. Cause I'm built different. I'm built different. I always felt like I'm a winner. I always felt like I believe in me. I always felt like I'ma go hard. I always felt like if you ride for me, i am a ride for you. I ain't perfect. Man, I have done some of the most scandalous, embarrassing, and shameful ass things a person can do, and I'm still here today. I take that with all the love and appreciation for the Most High for that, because I supposed to been gone. There was so many times I I had guns held to my face, I'd have been robbed at gunpoint, I'd have been jumped on, I'd have been abused, I'd have been played, I'd have been lied on, I'd have been cheated on, I done cheated, I done lied, I done played, I done abused, I done disrespected, I done robbed, I done shot at. I done did a lot of dumb shit that had came back in full circle to me. I don't know, man. People will never understand. They'll never get it. And maybe it's not for them to get. But I just want people to know I'm not perfect. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna fail a thousand more times. I already failed a thousand times. I'm gonna fail a thousand more. i'ma keep going i'ma keep grinding i'ma keep winning i'ma keep making sure the fam win i'ma keep making sure the team win i'ma keep making sure my fellow podcasters that fuck with bet the house we still gonna win that's the difference i want y'all to win i want y'all to eat this plate too full for me i need the rest of y'all to help me eat this shit on some jailhouse type shit we all put our shit together and we eat together That's where I'm going in life. I'm a different breed. I'm a different person, man. I'm not these other guys. I'm the most humblest of humbled. But I know I worked 34 years, and I didn't work 34 years for somebody else to tell me what ain't mine or what I can't get. I worked hard for this. This is mine, and they can't take it. That's where I am right now. tired of being a loser i'm tired of being a winner to some and a loser to others i'm tired of failing i'm tired of watching everybody around me rely on me because i know that if i fail then everything else around me falls and i can't allow that i ain't never been the most perfect boyfriend never been the most perfect father never been the most perfect husband i ain't never been that guy The reason I ain't never been that guy is because I ain't never been that guy. It's just life. I ain't never been that guy, man. So if I failed you, if I disrespected you, if I left you hanging, if I didn't provide enough, if I didn't say enough, consider this an apology. I wasn't in my right mind. If I lied, cheated, disrespect you, played you, whatever, I wasn't in my right mind. But this me, this today, I'm in my right mind. I'm doing everything I need to do. I'm growing how I need to grow. I just want to be the best. I just want to live right and make it to the place I'm supposed to be. I want to make it to the upper room. Y'all know what it is, man. I'm out.